Welcome to the Manifesting Mum podcast. I'm Gemma Bernad, the Manifesting Mum. Listen up, gorgeous soul. Manifesting is an inside job. If you want to transform your life, you must transform yourself first. Why? Because you don't manifest what you think, you manifest what you believe. And I'm here to help you change your beliefs so you can create anything you want. In these episodes, we're going to dive deep into all things manifesting and mindset with a dash of woo-woo. So if you're the type of mum that's sick of feeling unfulfilled, tired of being overwhelmed, and is totally ready to wake up every day loving life, then it's your time to learn how to make it all happen with courage, confidence, and most importantly, with love. This is going to be life-changing, so let's do this. This episode of the Manifesting Mum podcast is proudly brought to you by my Rapid Manifesting Private Coaching Program. Listen, if you're the type of mum that's done with feeling stuck, sick of feeling like something is holding you back and is totally ready to step into your power to manifest financial freedom, an extraordinarily successful career or business, a balanced and calm life, lots of tropical holidays, a loving and happy relationship, all the most amazing health you've ever had, then this is for you because The truth is you could continue to manifest all on your own and continue to struggle wondering why it's not working out how you want. Or you could join my Rapid Manifesting Private Coaching Program and use my four-step Rapid Manifesting Blueprint to release what's holding you back and step into your power to manifest it all. You do not need to struggle for another minute. In fact, you don't even need to struggle for another second. Spots are now open for April, so email me at hello at themanifestingmums.com for more information. Plus, as an added bonus, I'm gifting those who join the program my Rapidly Manifest $1,000 in Under 28 Day program for free. And it goes without saying that program is worth at least $1,000. So, pause this episode and reach out to me on email or via Facebook at The Manifesting Mums or on Instagram at at The Manifesting Mums. I'm excited to work with you, but for now, let's get into this episode. Okay, hello beautiful Manifesting Mums. Welcome to this very special episode of the Manifesting Mum podcast. I am joined by a very gorgeous, gorgeous guest. She's a beautiful soul. Mm -hmm. She's amazing. You're going to love her. I'm joined by Bron Sheridan. Bron is a body positive stylist, coach, and copywriter, and mum. Let me just add that on as well. She's, she's lots of things. There's no doubt about that. But she helps women find their fabulous. How good does that sound? She's known for her colorful style. And if you go and check her Instagram feed out, I can attest to that. Bron believes in the power of positivity and knows that confidence isn't just for those girls. So I'm super excited to get into this conversation and this chat with Bron today because confidence is something that is so important when it comes to manifesting and Bron is certainly going to be able to share some very wise words of wisdom, I'm sure, on how we can embrace the confidence that I know is inside all of you. So Bron, welcome to the Manifesting Mum podcast. 
Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here, bringing the confidence love to all the ladies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, absolutely. Let's definitely send all the vibes, all the confident vibes out to the mamas listening to this podcast. And I know the dads, we have a couple of dads that listen too. So, but we're talking mainly to the mamas today. So, yes, this conversation is going to be great and much needed because let me be brutally honest right now, when it comes to manifesting, Mums lack one very important trait, and that is self-belief, and and that confidence is such an important element of that. And I know that you're going to have a lot to share, but I want to know about you first and foremost before we dive into all things confidence, or maybe you'll share a little bit about that now. But I want to know who is Bron? What's she about? How did she find herself doing all these things and spreading this body positivity, confidence is for everyone message? Well, I guess it started, well, most recently after my fourth baby. So he's coming up to two this year. Mm-hmm. I've got three older babies, um, not babies anymore, mm-hmm. twins who are 10 and then an eight-year-old and then this little guy came into our lives. And I'd always spoken about confidence and believed really strongly in confidence But inside me, there was still a little negative voice that I couldn't let go of. I really did have that feeling that I could give confidence to others, but I still had that little niggle inside me that, Mm. you know, you could still lose a bit of weight or you could really be a little bit better in this area or that area. And after I had him, something in me flipped, a little switch went on and I just stopped caring what anyone thought, what anyone wanted to say or not say about me. And I stopped talking shit about myself. Mm -hmm. Amen. And my world just changed. The positivity just flowed. I was a better mum. I was a better business owner. I was better in my writing. I was a better friend, better everything. So for me, it has been a very recent shift I've always talked about styling and I've always talked about bodies and how we can wear things and be more confident. But once that shift came for me, everything else shifted as well. It does too, doesn't it? Like it's such an important energy shift. It's so interesting though that you say, you know, you were very good at giving the love and giving the confidence to everyone else, but there was still something inside of you. I think so many mums can relate to that on every level like not just in terms of confidence but in terms of we're always so good at giving that boost aren't we like giving that extra love giving that confidence giving that whatever to everyone else but when it comes to ourselves we're really lacking in giving it fully to ourselves what do you like what what do you think that was like what do you think that was for you like is I think any- as women we have just spent so long being told to play small and be less and be little And I think we play this game with each other and we have done since we were teenagers or maybe we saw our mums doing this game with each other of saying how crap we are. Mm. Oh, I haven't cleaned the house today, sorry, when we have a visitor. And then the visitor has to say, oh, don't worry, my house is a bomb. And, you know, we have to play off each other of who is the worst mother or who has the fattest ass you know we have to really downplay ourselves and I think for so long I'd been caught in that trap so how could I believe 
and be super confident when that little niggling voice was just there on repeat. Gosh, that's such a good point. My goodness, that whole idea. We're so comfortable, aren't we, in this idea of playing small. Like we're just so, it's such a familiar, comfortable place for us to be. Like where we do very easily belittle ourselves like we really are bitches to ourselves sometimes like you know that old saying we're our own worst enemy like we truly are but we're so comfortable there and like when you come out of that and you look back in it you go oh my god I can't believe that but I can't believe I used to do that I can't believe I used to speak to myself that way but so many mums that are listening to this right now are still in that place like they want to be out of that I'm a bitch to myself place, but they really are there and they're comfortable playing small. Like how do mums even begin to give themselves permission to not be that way? I think the first part is accepting that no one has got their shit together. Mm. (laughs) You go down to play group or the park or wherever and you think, oh, these these mums have got it. They're dressed, they look good, they know what they're doing. Honestly, behind every closed door, every mum is cracking and wobbly about dinner on the table or has 10 loads of washing. No one is Pinterest or Instagram perfect as much as they want to portray that. Accepting that other women really don't have their stuff together. And for me, probably the thing that taught me that about motherhood was having twins first up. Yes, gosh, There was no way that I could be earth mother, do whatever the baby wants, whenever the baby wants. I had to be routine mum because I had two little babies that if they didn't sleep, my life was going to be living hell. So, mm-hmm. and as I joined a twin mum group, I started to chat to these other twin mums and you've never heard stories like it. You know, we would say, oh, have you still got the light globe in your baby's room? Nah, take that out because they'll keep flicking the light on and off all night long. Twin mums know all the hacks for everything and we have no shame in saying, hey, don't worry, my kid doesn't have a light bulb in their room or don't worry that I've blocked out the whole window with garbage bags so they never get any light in there so they can sleep. Just accepting that everyone's just doing what they can do to get through the day. Yeah, that's so amazing you said that because I'm a twin mum too. Mine are approaching three and it's interesting because they have been the same blessing in my life too like they've really forced me to have to just let go of any preconceived notions I had about anyone being perfect at all but it's like I really feel like it's this heightened level of exposure that we have whether that's on Instagram or Facebook or wherever it is like it is this really heightened level of exposure that we have that makes us feel like we're not doing enough. We're not being enough. You know, we could be better. We should be better. We should be doing what, you know, Mary over there who's sitting on the beach with her kids happily playing in the sand while we're back at home losing our shit because our yeah. kids are climbing the wall and we just feel like the most horrible parents ever. But it is. Do you, do you think that it's this level of heightened exposure that we have that's making us really be so, or you know, really feeding into this already existing place of playing small and being hard on ourselves absolutely and you think about when you decide to have a baby it's now 
a project, you know. Having a baby is, from start to finish, our project. That, of course, we're going to tick that off the list and, of course, it's going to happen in a perfect way. And for many women, that doesn't happen. But if you think about our parents' generation, it was like, oh, yeah, oops, there's a baby. It wasn't this sense of expectation of, oh, now, you know, I've followed this linear path, I got Mm. married or whatever the thing was and then I waited this amount of time and then when I was this perfect age and I'd saved up for the mortgage, then I did the baby thing. They didn't make it as a project and I think sometimes I like to say to myself, what would a 1980s mum do? Mm. And what would they do? As long as dinner was on the table, everyone was happy. Yeah, it's my mother-in-law, um, we talk about this a lot too. Like it's when you say that, what would a 1980s mum do? I mean, my mother-in-law was a 1980s mum. And um, she so often says to me, like when I'm struggling with different things when it comes to whatever, she's like, darling, like as long as the kids are happy and you're like, don't need to turn yourself in a knot to get this gourmet meal on the table that everyone's going to throw on. Like feed your kids a Vegemite sandwich and a slice of cheese and a glass of orange juice. Who really, like, you know, at the end of the day, who really cares about it? Like, it's interesting that you brought up that generation because, you know, that was the generation I was brought up in and I've turned out, you know, totally fine. So, yeah. but we do, like, it's these, and when you were talking about that, I just thought the word that came to mind was information overload. Like, we've got all these books and these resources and these, you know, people that are online that are available to us to say, sleep routine, food routine, X routine, get your kids prepared for school, do this, wear this, play sport here. Do, like it's just instead of what I think maybe is this going inwards to find the confidence to make the decisions we want to make that are right for us. What yes. do you think about that? Yes. And I think I can remember when I first had my twins, not saying, you know, that I just jumped into this confident mama thing. I turned up to the mother's group and I had been given some really old, nice old bottles from my cousin. I went, oh, great, I don't have to buy bottles. And then when I went to the mother's group, all the other mums had the special bottles that weren't going to give their baby cancer, you know, <laughs> the BPA-free bottles. And here was I with the old-style bottles. Well, I went on a rampage thinking, oh, my God, I have to buy these bottles. I can't be giving my babies cancer. We feed into this. Because it's shown to us and we think, oh, I need to be like them. I need to do the right thing. Well, whether they drank out of one bottle or the other or breastfed or however, they all grow up the same, honestly. Mm. Yeah. And in my previous life as a teacher, believe me, there is no form where the parent ticks when they start school, breastfed for this amount of time or Mm. use the BPA-free bottles. Finding that inner confidence and not caring, you know, if your kid's having a tantrum and you have to pick them up and leave that party, being confident enough to do it, that's, there's strength in that. There is a lot of strength in that, isn't there? And But yeah. that's where a lot of mums struggle. Like it's where a lot of mums really struggle. Like you talked about, you know, when I asked you, like, what do we do? You said acceptance, like acceptance of our life, acceptance of everything, but that can be really hard. Like that can still be like, there are a lot of mums out there that are resisting the acceptance to accept that things are the way they are and that that is okay. Yes. And it's such a big change going to becoming a new mum. And I do kind of feel that for me, I'm speaking with a few years under my belt um, with twins who are almost 10. 
this time around with my baby, whatever happens is totally fine. Where if he was my first time baby, I would be much more stressful about, you know, which bottles to use and blah, blah, blah. So I do think you can't um, just tell yourself to be confident. Sometimes you've got to live it and just say, okay, well, maybe as the years go on, I'm going to find my feet a little bit more and get a bit more confident because babies and toddlers, my God, they are hard. Yes. Nothing about them that is easy. So as they start to grow and they can share their personality a bit more, talk with you a bit more, you find your feet a little bit. Yeah, you do. And you hope you do. It's hard sometimes to see that. It's hard to trust that that's coming. But like, how do you, like you talked about, you know, just finding your confidence. Like, how do you step into that confidence? Like, how do you dip your toe in the water? Like, not even just with motherhood, but because again, what I see so often is that I, and I totally agree with you. Like mums really struggle in early stages of motherhood. And as a result, they take a huge knock to their confidence. And the thing is, is that then flows on to so many other areas of their life in their relationship with their partner, you know, or other family members, friends, you know, their businesses, like the jobs they do, the careers path they're on. Like it really does really filter out into so many other areas. So how can mums dip their toe into the confident water? Like, you know, what are some of the things that maybe they can do? What are some of the things that, you know, talked about being confident? Like, what does that even look like? Like, what is, someone said, I don't have any confidence. I need confidence. Tell me what confidence is. What would you say? To me, confidence is about owning yourself and knowing yourself. And you can't Mm. instantly do that. It takes time and it takes a conscious effort to practice it over and over. So for me, the not talking shit about myself Mm. has seen my confidence skyrocket. That's not to say those negative, horrible thoughts don't pop in my head still. They still Mm. do. Sometimes I could kick myself and think, oh, you're an idiot. Why did you do that? You're so silly. Everybody has those thoughts. But when you buy into them and go deep down in the spiral of those thoughts, it's only going to lead to a bad place. And then you transfer that from, oh, I did this bad thing in motherhood. And then it's going to be, and I did this bad thing in my business. And it's almost like you take that baggage into every area of your life and you start to look for that story to repeat, like, oh, I'm terrible at this and I'm terrible at that. And I'm being so bad to my mum and I haven't been good as a wife and blah, 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 blah. So for me, stopping that negativity when it begins is really key to keeping a positive vibe and staying a little bit happy. And the other thing that I would really suggest is, particularly for mums, we get sucked into the vortex of motherhood. We're stuck at home watching ABC for kids, (laughs) doing dishes on repeat. The washing is never ending. It is Groundhog Day. Yeah. Finding something in that day that is just yours. I'm not talking about a block of chocolate. Yes, yeah, good point. Something that you do that's just for you. So for me, when I did have those twin babies, I went back and started a sewing class on a Saturday morning. I knew I could get out on a Saturday morning. We didn't have any of the sport commitments or anything like that. And it was one thing that I could do that was just for me. We didn't have a lot of space. I had to drag the sewing machine out and clear the table. and But it was great. It was my thing. No one else had any ownership of it. 
It didn't depend on anything aside from the kids maybe having a little sleep or doing it at night time. But it really brought my confidence and it's a little skill that I then take on now. Now I'm going to be running sewing workshops and doing things like that. So you never know what's going to build out of that little thing. You know, you might start knitting a scarf or you might start doing some embroidery or taking photos or, yeah. That's so true, isn't it? I love that too. I love when you said you never know what will come out of that little thing. Can I ask you, did you ever, was there ever a time where that thing that you had that was just for you, the sewing, that there was ever any guilt associated with that? Because, again, I can hear a lot of mums thinking, yeah, I do, I want to do something for myself. Oh, but I feel guilty. I shouldn't leave the child at home. You know, my husband's been working long hours all week. I can't go and take time for myself this weekend. I don't deserve to go and have a massage or to catch up with my friends. Was guilt ever something that crept into your mind? Yes. And I think probably not so much around leaving the child with my husband. I never have felt much guilt about that because yep. I think we're partners and we form a team. and. Generally speaking, I'm the one who's at home while he's at work. So I'm doing most of the Monday to Friday stuff. So on a weekend, if he has to take on the load, he has to take on the load. Mm. And I also find it really um, crazy when people say, oh, you're so lucky that your husband's minding the kids for you. Mm. I'm not lucky. (laughs) That's not lucky. That's his job. That's my job. We're raising the kids together. Um, so, no, I didn't have a lot of guilt, but I did have a bit of a feeling and it, it still lingers. It's a feeling that's not totally conquered about finances. When you're the girl who's at home, that yes. feeling of your worth when you're not earning the yeah. income, mm. I think that really for mums and probably just for women can feel a little bit deflating that you're not earning the same or that your money doesn't have as much value or that sort of thing. So, and that's something that still kind of cycles around for me. Yeah. Oh gosh. I think that is, you are so right. I mean, that is something I know I have struggled with, particularly over the last couple of years is yeah, you know, not really working very much and you know, my, all that being on my husband to provide for our family can really leave you feeling a bit like, Oh, you know, yeah, it can really actually take like a real hit to your confidence. I mean, I know for me personally, it really, I took a massive hit to my confidence actually, if I'm being honest now when I think about it, particularly upon reflection, is my confidence took a huge hit, not bringing in much income at all over the last couple of years. And um, it's funny how we associate that because we've taken, like we've come leaps and bounds, haven't we, like over the generations in terms of, you know, now we do have this opportunity to be able to be, you know, main income earners in our family or even equal or, you know, we whatever yeah. it is, but we've got this opportunity. But what comes with that is that when, you know, we're in a situation where we do have children or whatever it is and we, you know, are not working to generate that, really your confidence can really just feel completely obliterated. I'm, again, speaking from experience with that too. So, yeah, it's interesting, but I love that you talk so because the truth of the matter is the only thing that's probably really got me through that time is that, that your, you know, your first tip, which is not talking shit to yourself, like really accepting that it's okay for it to be this way. This is a season in life. Yes. And I think when you team up with a partner, 
you're in it together. Yeah. You've decided that you want to have children together. Mm. So it has to become money for all. It's not his money and your money so mm. much anymore because that can, can no longer really work if you're not earning a wage. If you're at home, you don't earn a wage. And then the other thing is, is men have no costs. They don't go to the hairdresser. They don't <laughs> buy foundation. $20 haircuts. Bras. I mean, come on. We need these things. <laughs> <laughs> we totally do. We, we totally do. do. And like, and if we didn't have them, like, I mean, if we, you know, left our hair, like for me, my hair's much lighter. If I came home and my, re, my husband came and my regrowth was down in my ears, I don't think he'd be too happy about that. So that's my justification for going and spending what I do at the hairdresser. Plus I deserve it too. Exactly right. And I think we are allowed to still look good, even if we are on maternity leave or we are working part-time. It doesn't mean we have to fall into this slumped, you know, old lady town. We can still have the things that we like. But maybe it's just about how can we rejig our finances to fit all of that in and still achieve our goals. How important is it? Like, let's get, let's be honest here because, you know, we talk a lot about confidence coming from the inside, but let's get real here. Like I know if I am, you know, schlepping around in my, you know, pants have got holes in the crutch and everything I'm not feeling very confident like I'm not even though I I am a confident person I'm not feeling very confident so let's get real here how important is it really to us as women to dress and to treat ourselves in a way that we feel confident so important yeah I know you don't have to own a whole lot of things you don't have to spend on designer We've got Kmart, we've got Target, we've got Big W, we've got affordable options for mums now. Um, We really don't have to spend a heap on ourselves. We can dye our hair at home, whatever it is that's our special little thing that we like. It's so important. And if you think about when you've met someone or you've been for an interview, your image is the thing that speaks for you before you've said a word. So if you turn up in your tracksuit pants, that's the vibe you're giving off to everyone else. Mm. You turn up in your sassy power suit, that's the vibe you're giving off. So image is really important. But that's not to say, for me, I kind of say that confidence is being comfortable enough in your own skin to be fully dressed up or completely dressed down. Like today I am in tracksuit pants and comfy top because I'm in mum mode. Am I as comfortable if someone came knocking on my door in what I'm wearing today as I would be if I was fully dressed up? Yes, I am. Mm. In the past, I would have thought, someone's knocking on the door, quick, lipstick, fix the hair, zhuzh myself up. But I'm still the same person regardless of the full image or the comfortable outfit. But the the image really does speak for you. So it does. It speaks for you, but it also speaks to you, doesn't it? Like when you look at yourself, because, I mean, yes, it's the image we put forward to other people, but when you look at yourself in the mirror in the morning yeah. and you're dressed in a way that makes you feel amazing and confident, 
that speaks to you, doesn't it? Because then that energy that you carry with you throughout the rest of the day has such a flow-on effect because I talk so much to mums about this concept of stepping into the version of yourself that you want to be, like the version of you. And so it really is important that we reflect that in so many different areas of our life. So that can I think speak so to often us. we're held back and we're scared. People so often when I work with them in workshops or one-on-one styling, they have that sense of that's for someone else, that's not for me. So mm-hmm. if I say, why don't you try putting a belt around? Oh, I could never. What if you tried some bright lipstick? <gasps> no, not for me. So there's a sense that everyone else is allowed and worth something Ah. but for me to wear a headband or for me to wear a bright colored jacket it's out of the out of the realm of possibility of what I can even think of myself so it's that playing small thing again wow that is so powerful that is because from a lot of the work that I do and when I work with mums as well I mean I work obviously more on the internal dialogue and things like that but One of the number one causes for depression, actually there's two causes, we've we've hit on both of them today. One is harsh and negative things that we say to ourselves and the second one is believing that something that we want is not available to us. And you just hit Mm -hmm. that nail on the head when you said like, you know, we see these other women particularly that we, and we look at them and think, gosh, they're confident. I would love to wear bright red lipstick. I would love to wear my hair like that. I would love to wear those shoes but that's not available to me and that makes us feel small and insignificant and not worthy and then we just totally feel shit about ourselves, don't we? And who puts that barrier there? It's us. We do, yeah. There's no one who says to us, oh, well, actually, sorry, you can't wear red lipstick. There's no letter from God that lands on your doorstep (laughs) that says pink only (laughs) for you, peach only for you. We can do it. We can walk down to Priceline Pharmacy and spend five or six dollars on a bright red lipstick and we can start by just wearing it at home and then once all our kids and our husband have gotten over the shock of us wearing a lipstick and maybe they have a little laugh at us, we can venture out to Coles wearing the lipstick and then we can go to an event wearing the lipstick and then one day we wake up and think, "Mm, something's missing, my lipstick. You know, it, it really... It can start, it starts feeling weird, but then it turns to your new normal. Yeah. You know what, as you were talking then, I just realized that we've talked a little bit about this idea of playing small and we're all very comfortable there. And like that really the opposite of that is that we're playing big, but I just keep getting this message to like, it's not even about that. It's about just sitting confidently enough to express who you truly are. Like that's to me what playing big is. Like it's not about being someone I'm actually not. It's about going within to really understand, as you say, like really knowing who you are, really understanding who you are and owning who you are and then express like the expression of that. Yes. That's where the power is. It takes time. For me, when I first became a mum, I had no idea what to wear. Absolutely no idea. This was before I had trained as a stylist. I was really into fashion. But what I wore as a teacher was all these beautiful Q and Veronica Mane and shirts and button-down things. And they didn't have any purpose in my new lifestyle. 
Mm. So I thought, well, I better start wearing jeans and T-shirts because that's what all the other mums are doing. Mm. But I didn't feel great in that and it didn't suit my body shape. And then slowly over time, I started to try new things and have a go at different things. And now, as you'll see on my Instagram feed, I'm all about colour. I rarely wear jeans, which I used to wear a lot. I wear the shapes that I want, the colours that I want, not because I want to stand out or be brash or be in people's faces, but because when I see the mirror in the morning, I'm happy. I dress myself joyfully and happily and that may or may not bring joy to your day. Someone may look at me and think, who on earth does this girl think she is rocking that dress with flowers all over it? I don't really care. It made me happy and that's what makes my day, yeah. Yeah, gosh, it's so simple, isn't it? Like it really that message around, you know, whether it's the dressing yourself, whether it's how you do your hair or how you do your makeup, like do it for yourself, like connect with what you want, connect with what makes you feel joyful and happy and then express that. But you need confidence, don't you? To sit Yeah, like- you do. And you can't just think, oh, Bron wears bright, colourful dresses. If I start wearing a bright, colourful dress, then I'll be confident because that's grabbing someone else's confidence. Yes. Confidence takes time, slowly building on the little things. Like perhaps you think I'd love to wear this certain item a jacket a colorful jacket maybe and you think oh I'm not sure if I can so slowly instead of buying black you buy a gray jacket next time Mm. and then you think oh maybe I might go for a red next time and then in six more months time you're suddenly wearing you know technicolor dream coat and feeling your best self but it's okay for confidence to take time no one steps into a confident power overnight And confidence fluctuates. It doesn't just sit with you all the time. There's days where I wake up and think, meh, about everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, we're in a rush. That's the one thing I keep thinking is we're in such a rush. Like we're in such a rush to get out of this place where we don't feel confident that we're like rushing. We're just like, you know, bulls at the gates to try and do everything we need to do, be everything we need to be so that we can feel differently. But and I, I think it's so easy to outsource. We want someone to come and tidy our pantry and get it all in order for us. And if I just book in with a stylist, then I'll have my confidence because she'll tell me what to do. But it's not actually about someone else telling you how to be confident. It's about you finding that little thing in yourself that says, you know what, I really like sewing. I might do a sewing class, even though I'm shit scared and I could break the machine and I don't have a clue how to put material together and I haven't sewed since high school. I'm still going to do it and take the chance and see where it leads. That little seed keeps growing and then, you know, metaphor, metaphor, flower, forest, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) (laughs) Good metaphors though. People absolutely understand that. Yeah, the exploration of it is so important and so critical to all of this because it's, and it's the thing is as well, like, I think, I mean, obviously you found that little passion that was sewing that's turned into something else, but it might not be that. Like it could have very well been that you did sewing for a little bit and you went, oh, yeah, that doesn't really light me up as much as I thought. And that's okay. And then I'll just move on to the next thing. But a lot of people stop there. Yes. Like, oh, you know, or, you know, I I really want that jacket. They try it on and go, no, it doesn't look good on me. I'll never go and put anything new on again. I'll stick with what I know. I'm going to stick with where I'm comfortable. But confidence, like the edging yourself towards whatever it is you want the confidence has to be like you've got to take the steps no matter where it leads you 
Yes, and I think that is difficult for a lot of people. I know for myself that has never bothered me. That has never been trying something new or going somewhere new has never for me been an issue. But I've had friends say to me, oh, I can't go to that gym class because I've never been before and I don't know what equipment that I need and I wouldn't know where I have to stand or what I have to do. So trying to push yourself past that first point of fear is where the confidence will come from. Turning up to that class, even though you don't have a clue where to stand. And when you turn up, you'll probably see some friend there that you know from play group or that you've seen before and they might say hi and then you can stand next to them and then the next week you might chat again and who knows where anything will lead. Yeah, I know. And that's what people struggle with though, it's that uncertainty. But we, our default is to go to the negative place, like our default when, with uncertainty is not how are the different ways this could go great, but more so how are all the ways this could go wrong? Oh, absolutely. Because if I turn up to that class, I'm going to fall on my head. I'm probably going to do a big fart and my pants are going to rip. (laughs) That's where we're at. That's what we think is going to happen. But the thing is, it's just an anxiety and it's, it may, it's not, you know, totally impossible that you might fart and rip your pants. What a great story you would have to tell. (laughs) And that's what the Dalai Lama says. Everything is either a good time or a good story. And if something stupid happens to you, then you know it's a good story for later. Oh, I love that. I love that quote. That is so good too. Because just, and this is the thing though, is when you talk about this, stop talking shit to yourself. Like you want to, like you want to get out of the fear. Like you've just got to tell yourself a different, like tell yourself a little different story that'll allow you to explore whatever that opportunity is. That's going to give you that little burst of confidence that will take you to the next level. Like just tell and you can different. start out with a friend. Maybe you're not ready to go by yourself and you do need that backup. So say, hey, mum or hey, bestie or hey, daughter, whoever, do you want to come and do this thing with me? Mm. Okay or no? And if it's Mm. a no, go hunting for another person. Mm, Yeah. It's those little things too. Like we associate confidence with being these, these big tasks we need to do, like this big shift we need to, you know, that needs to happen. But confidence comes in those small little incremental steps, doesn't it? Absolutely. Taking that tiny little step towards something new is pivotal. If we don't take that first step, that that giant confidence badge, you know, like a pageant queen that says, confidence, I'm confident. We're never going to earn that. No one ever earns that. We've got to just keep taking little steps and little steps. and. Stop telling ourselves that we can't because actually we can. You can find a babysitter or you can get a cleaner or whatever the thing is that is blocking you from doing the thing. There's a way around. There's always a way around, isn't there? And it's just about just, you know, believing because underneath all of this is really just believing that we're worth it. Do you think that? Yes, absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. And finding the way to say it to yourself, whether you need to kind of justify it to yourself to say, I do this so I can have this or however you want to swing it in your own mind, it's okay. You're allowed to and you don't have to do what other mums do or don't do. You don't have to do what your mum did. You can do things on your own terms. 
Yeah, you can do things in your own terms. You've got to give yourself permission. But a lot of mums don't give themselves permission to even explore what it means inside of them to do things on their own terms. Like, you know, and I know you work with a lot of people when it, you know, mainly on a business level, but this can expand past business as well. Like in terms of really connecting and finding out what their purpose is like whether that's in business in life in motherhood you know because there's so much that comes from our purpose like there's so much that comes from that like how can we you know you're kind of just stumbling your way forward if you don't have some like idea of maybe where it is that you're heading yeah and for me when I'm doing my coaching the two things that I talk about and I mostly coach ladies to step up on Instagram my favorite platform Mm. and There's so many people who are too scared to step in. They don't want to show their face on Instagram stories. They're wanting to hide behind pretty pictures. And they're the two things that I talk about. What is your purpose and who is your audience? Because if you don't know that in your business sense and even in your life sense, what are you doing and who are you doing it for are the biggest questions. Because if you're just spinning around thinking, I don't know, I don't know who I'm doing this for. You don't know how, what language to use and you don't know what phrasing to use and you don't know when people are watching or available to see your content. So, mm. yeah, to yeah. me, Oh, look, oh my goodness. I'm working with mums a lot at the moment around this. There is this huge fear that keeps mums completely stuck, like, you know, stuck in cement they just cannot move forward and a lot of it comes down to social media like it's this and you're right they hide behind you know pretty images stock images product images all that kind of stuff and they're not putting themselves you know in front to be able to connect with the people that they want to build relationships with but like it's all so interconnected with confidence. Yeah. It really is. Do you see that too? Like do you really and see And there's that? so much fear. It's that same story that I shouldn't be big, I shouldn't be brash, I shouldn't be out there, I should play small, I shouldn't say what I really want, you know, like if a brand approaches me, how dare I ask for money to work with them? You know, of mm. course I'd just give it all away for free. No, it's okay to ask for money and it's okay for our work to be valued, even if it is creative work. Like for me, writing, content creation, Mm -hmm. coaching is much more creative than, say, my old job of teaching, although I did try to make that as creative as humanly possible. (laughs) But if we think we're not worth any money, we will give ourselves away for free. I get emails every week saying, would you like a free sunscreen? We want you to post two photos to your Instagram feed for this $5.95 sunscreen. Yeah. Would I value myself for hours of time going to take photos of me playing in the sun or whatever they want as their content for a free $5.95 bottle of sunscreen? Am I worth that or am I worth something else? So. Yeah. God, what a question too, because it really does come down to so much to do with self-worth, you know, and because I've got to tell you, I'm hearing a lot from um, my coaching clients at the moment, like I have nothing to offer, like, and like they've got their own business and, you know, it might be a product that they're 
you know, putting forward, but they've like, who am I? I, I have nothing of worth to say. Like I've literally heard those words come out of the mouth of some of my clients. Like I have nothing of value to say. Like I can't get onto my Instagram stories. Who's mm. going to listen to me? I'm like, wow. Like there, mm. I've been there too as well. Like, so it was like staring in the mirror. I was like, you know, to realize who I used to be as well. And that's where that purpose and as you say, like who are you there talking to? That's yeah. why that's so important, isn't it? Well, and I think we have this need to please, this wanting everyone to like us. Mm. So we try to have an audience of everyone. But having an audience of everyone means that no one really connects with you. So for me, the people that are following me are mums who like a little bit of real talk and a little bit of humour, who are interested in clothes, who might be business owners who want to up-level their Instagram. I'm not trying to talk to male entrepreneurs from the USA, you know? So really focusing in and the more you try to people please, the less yourself you can be. The more you know who you're talking to, the more yourself yeah. you can be. It's also interesting you say that too because there's a bit of a scarcity mindset, I think, with um, with us in business. Like we have to be everything to everyone because we're not enough and there's not enough around. Yeah. like this real scare. Like I can't niche down and bring my target market to this small little group of people because there's not enough and if there's not enough, then I can't make enough and I'm not worthy of that and all these stories we tell ourselves. But and also there's so many everything out there already that you feel overwhelmed. Mm. You know, when we were growing up, there wasn't 25,000 earring brands online, but mm. there is now. But what do you bring to your earrings? Not necessarily the style, but the backstory. Are you fun? Are you funny? Are you serious? Are you classic? What do you bring to your story that's unique? And how do people connect with you, not your earrings? Yes, my goodness. And that's it. And that's where the confidence really comes in because people do hide behind their product or their services and don't realise you know, the really, the thing that's going to make someone buy your earrings over the 25,000 other brands is you. Absolutely. It's the connection. People are buying from people. Yeah. That's it's what they do. I know they do, don't they? But um, yeah, I mean, it's just, again, it's really, come for me, I just see it so often, it really just comes down to that confidence to just be unapologetically who you are and be okay with that. Absolutely. That doesn't mean you have to go online and share all your controversial views about certain things. Sure, you can keep some of that in reserve. Some people think, oh, if I share myself, I have to share everything. Yeah. And there's a danger in doing that. You don't want to go too far, but you can show up as yourself and share what you love and share what you're interested in. You don't have to tell us all your deep, dark, dirty secrets to be effective. Yeah. So how do mums start that journey? Like, I mean, how do mums that are sitting there that have a business and that are hiding behind these, you know, very standard images and the just the pure facts of a product, how do they go, okay, well, I know I need to connect with my community and with my audience, but I don't know where to begin. Like, where do they even begin? I would start with your story. So maybe you do sell earrings share 
either in a video if you're brave enough or even in an Instagram caption where this business started. So I was here and then I started making my earrings and now I'm here and it makes me happy and it fills my heart with joy and blah, 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 blah so that people get a sense of who you are. So instead of the caption saying, these cute gold earrings are $59.95, it says, hey, this is me, this is what I do, this is why I love it. So immediately people are connecting with that rather than thinking, oh, $59, I don't know if I've got $59. They Mm -hmm. connect more with that story. And then when you're brave enough, you get onto Instagram stories and start sharing a little bit more of your story each day perhaps it's just a time-lapse video of you making your earrings or perhaps it's a little behind the scenes of your workstation and then maybe one day it's you speaking to the camera and telling us something that's happened in your business and the thing about Instagram stories is they only stay up for 24 hours so Mm -hmm. it's not majorly embarrassing it's not a billboard in the city with (laughs) you saying something you know but it can feel like that for a lot of it people, does. Like, yeah. doesn't it? Like when you go, my God, you want me to talk to a camera and then put that out there for people to judge and yeah. criticize. And like it does, sometimes it can feel like a, <laughs> it can feel like a, a billboard in the middle of bloody New York City. Absolutely. But it's not and yeah. nothing bad can happen. And if it does, you just press the delete mm. and it's gone. So we make things a whole lot bigger than what they actually are. And really it's like thinking about, will I go to yoga and my pants rip and I do an accidental fart and then I fall on my head. If all of that did happen to you, what would be the worst? Yeah. If you fell off your chair during an Instagram story, people would love that. That would be hilarious. And that would brighten their day. And you could just delete it if you weren't happy, you know? Yeah. Nothing so terrible is going to happen. If your baby walks across the back of the screen or if something happens, it's okay. Yeah. Well, this all goes back to this whole story around, you know, this curated perfectionism that's put out there. But what we really want, what we desperately crave is real like true reality like we do like we want to see you falling off your chair we want to see like literally drawing on the wall behind you while you've got no idea it's going on like we want to see this stuff because it makes us feel normal doesn't it yes when we present that perfect person all the time no one can compete with us no one can compare with us so they don't relate to us mm. because they just feel like, oh, she's over there in perfect town and I'm here in slump town. So there's nothing to connect us because everything about her is perfect. She never does anything wrong. Well, as soon as that camera is flipped off for that person who's so perfect, you know behind those closed doors, she's losing her shit. She hasn't got it all together. Yeah. But it's hard when we're sort of bombarded on social media and the thing that I would say about that is we have the choice of who we follow. So if we follow people who make us feel crap about ourselves or that we compare ourselves to, just hit the unfollow. You don't need to be there. Even if they're your friend, just mute them Mm. so you still look like your friends but you don't have to hear all their garbage anymore. 
Yeah, because comparison, that saying comparison is the thief of joy. It's also the thief of confidence. But I guess the flip side of comparison is if she's doing it, why can't I do it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So instead of thinking, oh, she's got it all, I can't have any, if she's doing it, it's possible. So I really could do it if I was willing to step up and have a go. Yeah, I love that you said that because I know for me that's been a big transition for me over the last 12 months is that whole idea of compar- like flipping the comparison side around and instead of going, oh, my God, she's got that, I'll never have that, I have totally been able to flip that on my head to now that I say, look, I literally say to my business coaches now, what she has, that's what I'm going after and I know it's possible because she's done it. So like this is happening for me, it's it's totally possible. Yes, they're great... leading the way. They're yes. showing you that it's possible. Yes. Makes it so much easier to think, yeah, hey, I could have this. You're not the one forging the path. Someone's already done it. But mm. also we don't need to have what everyone else has. And I think for me that was where I got a bit lost in my business thinking, oh, I better do what she's doing and I better do it her way and I better niche down so I'm just about fashion. and then. When I really took charge and control of myself, I thought, you know what? You're not just fashion. You do writing. Why don't you tell people that you do writing? And you can coach people on Instagram. Why don't you tell people that you can do that? And as soon as I started saying out loud what I could do and what I had to offer, the work started coming my way. And then I wasn't as interested in running events or doing what everyone else seemed to be doing because it wasn't my thing and it doesn't work with my life. Oh, such a powerful story, isn't it? Uh, yeah. It's just a small shift in your own internal dialogue that creates that as well, isn't it? And I don't want to do everything that everyone else is doing. It doesn't yeah. suit me, doesn't suit my personality. So finding the things that work for us and suit us and then doing that on repeat and maybe we're not looking for a gigantic income or maybe we're looking for, you know, life balance rather than this big goal of earning six figures or seven figures or not everyone's goal is the same. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be either. I think that's really the big message. It really doesn't have to be that way as well. Hey, look, I've got to ask you, cause I know we talked about this a little bit before we got on and that was, I wanted to know about some manifesting stories and you shared one with me that I totally love. And I really want you to share that with everyone that's listening to this podcast too. So sure. tell me, tell me, Bron, I hear you were a little bit of a cynic when it came to manifesting, but you may very well be converting over. What's yeah. the story? Total cynic. I've always been a cynic. I, I just thought that there was all just woo-woo. And when I was first starting out my business, I remember saying to my husband, so I was watching lots of webinars and taking in all the content and thinking, hmm, this manifesting thing keeps coming up a lot. So I said to my husband, what do you think about this manifesting stuff? And he was not very helpful. He just went, I don't know. (laughs) And I was at that time more in the influencer space. So doing sponsored posts and things like that. And I gave myself the challenge to just believe it and see what happened. So I started saying to myself, money comes with ease. And when I would send 
emails back to people, I would put my price on them instead of playing small and saying, oh, I don't know, I could do it for free. I made myself a price list and I sent it back and money started flowing. Clients that had tentatively booked things came back and said, yes, I definitely want to do it. Things that people had sort of started to get into gear all came in as a big rush at that time. And I started thinking, hey, yeah, money really does come with these. Mm. I know it's such a small shift too, but obviously a really powerful one. Not only that, but I remember when I reached out to you and invited you to come on here, you said to me that when you sat down at the beginning of the year, like, I would like to do podcast. Like, I want to do some podcast interviews. Yes. And I then I reached out, and the then I reached out to you. Literally that day I was thinking, how am I going to really get this message out? Because I've shifted a little bit more to running workshops, style workshops rather than one-on-one. How am I going to get this message, these messages out and how can I get this body confidence message out to women? And I thought, podcasts. So on the list it went. Then a message from you and I've just recorded another podcast last weekend. So Things can't happen if we don't say them out loud. Yeah. Or we, we don't decide on them. We're like, this is it. Like, this is what I want to do. I want to, I want to spread my message and I think podcasts are great. So let's, let's open up and make that become a reality. And it obviously is, which is fantastic because you do have such a great message to share and it's so simple as well. And I love that. So let's finish off with three big takeaways, three key messages, three ways that mums can really step into and explore their confidence okay number one is understand that confidence is for everyone Mm. not just for those girls over there you can have it too but stop waiting until you lose weight or until you get the new job and try to embody confidence now it's going to fluctuate. It's not going to stay steady. You're not going to wake up every day and think, damn, I am so confident today. <laughs> it's going to come and go, but start there and realize that you're worth having that confidence and you deserve it. Number two is to stop talking shit about yourself and about others. And for me, this also revolves around um, conversations about weight loss and dieting. I've taken myself out of those conversations. I'm not interested in having those chats anymore about how terrible our bodies are because our bodies are pretty damn fabulous. And Amen. Yeah, I don't want to sit around where we do that comparison thing where we shake our tuck shop wings and say mine are worse than yours and then, 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 then. Yeah. So it's also being aware of what you're letting into your life too. So if people are starting that kind of conversation and I'm out for lunch, I'll be ducking to the toilets at that time. Mm. and when someone comes to to i don't know a coffee catch up and says oh my god you won't believe this bitch so and so she's been bitch 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 i'm going to change the topic because i'm yes. not interested in jumping into that negative spiral of rubbish so, love it yep yeah love it and that can't like when you i i think that when you stop talking shit to yourself you make yourself unavailable for those conversations because you realize you know, no one else deserves to be spoken about like that as well. And they're so uninteresting. It's yes. the same tale every yeah. time. She was a bitch. She did something bitchy and now you feel bad. Yeah. We've heard it. We know it. It's boring. Yes. Let's move on. Yeah. Love it. Great tip. 
And my third tip is do something that's just for you, something that lights you up and just try it. And if you're not sure what to do, think about what you liked doing when you were a kid. So for me, if I wasn't making time for sewing, I would be down at the roller rink skating around and singing Xanadu in my head because roller skating was my life. Take me back. (laughs) Take me back. I was there with you too. Take yeah. me back. And oh, there is absolutely nothing wrong with a mum taking herself down for a few laps around the roller rink. It's only our negative self-talk that keeps us away. Take your child if you need to. Yeah. <laughs> they can just sit there, though, and just yeah. let mummy do the, do the laps. But, yeah. oh, yes, <laughs> so great. Love it. Amazing. So powerful, each of those as well. So simple too. So I know that everyone will really hear that message. I love it so much as well. And I know after this conversation, they're going to want to stalk you, find out more about you and immerse themselves in your fabulousness. So where can they connect with you? Stalk away, lady. You can find me on my website, bronsheridan.com. I am very rarely there though because I'm always hanging out on Instagram sharing style tips, business tips, and you'll find me most likely in the Instagram stories. Mm. I also have a Facebook page that I pop into every now and then, but Insta is my true love. And what's your handle? My handle is at Real Mum Style. Yep, absolutely. Please go over and follow Bron because not only is your feed like just so bright and joyful, which just makes you feel great. I just love it because you really are a real mum and you share real mum life, real mum fashion. Like it's just, it's real. Like it's a great place to hang out and just it leaves you. It's one of those places that does just leave you feeling, ah, okay, like I can be me. Like it's a really great place to go hang out. So thank you for sharing yourself on that feed with everyone too because it's such, it's such a really just yeah joyful place to be and i know i love it too so thank you for that but thank you for joining us today thanks so much for having me oh it's been great it's such a good conversation to have and i know so many mums are just going to really be able to walk away and feel like they can actually start to step into the confidence that's inside of them already so thank you for sharing some beautiful tips and some stories as well to help them No problem at all. And remember, you don't have to do all of them. Just start with one thing. Yes. Yeah, simple. It just can be really simple. It can be easy. And boy, it can be fun to explore finding your confidence too. So thanks, Bron, for joining us today. And to all you beautiful manifesting mums out there, thank you for joining me for another episode of the Manifesting Mum podcast. And I can't wait to connect with you on the next one. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Manifesting Mum podcast. If you found this episode helpful, I'd love you to subscribe, rate and review over on iTunes. See you at the next episode.